0: When productivity meets party, with your girl Party Perry, are you ready to turn turn, 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 turn up your happiness, turn up your success, and everything in between? Learn how to have fun while getting all your stuff done. Throughout the word solo, cup and a pen, because we are about to party. How are you feeling? I hope you had a turned up weekend and you're feeling super fresh and you feel good to go out through the week. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I am super honored to have the guest on the podcast today, Hira Sunflower Raver. She is huge on Instagram and TikTok. She has over 10 million views on her TikTok. She just launched her own clothing line olympus attire and i'm super excited to have her on and talk about it we've always just kind of been in each other's dms for the longest and i had the opportunity to meet with her we were both sponsored influencers for event and we just connected and she's just such a beautiful soul inside and out and when i asked her she was just like yes and i was super excited just to Sit and chat with her again and just kind of catch up on how her life is doing. So thank you here for coming on the podcast. I love you so much, like so so much gratitude. And I'm just so thankful to have you in my life and to have you as a friend. Before we roll the clip, <laughs> I want to just do some announcements. So again, I'm doing another live Sunday with Freedom Rewear the Sunday at 5 30 p.m pacific standard time it will be the 23rd the 23rd yes live on their instagram freedom Raywear, 5 30 p.m pacific standard time i am going live every sunday being their coach being their social media coach teaching others to grow their brand on social media and i'm so thankful that this is happening and i'm so pleased sunflower river actually has her own collab with them so make sure you go check it out i have a link in the show notes with my discount code you can save 10 percent on her beautiful line there and all the cute clothing that they have for upcoming festival season I also have a giveaway going on the podcast right now to win my full course absolutely free. I'm going to announce the winner next week already like where is time flying. I'm announcing the winner on Monday. So you have 7 days, actually maybe 5. But you got 5 days left to enter in the giveaway for my coaching program. So you want to be a content creator. It's four classes how to build your audience, how to get high engagement, how to make high quality content, which is my favorite class. Like I teach you how I pose, how I take my photos, all like my editing apps. One of the editing apps, I actually give everyone a month for free. You get a month for free when you join the course with my favorite editing app and how to get paid brand deals, like actually get paid to post. Like you are worth it. Free clothing is not real payment, and I'll teach you how to put yourself to brands. So all that, the four classes, including coaching, one-on-one with me, group coaching, you get guided worksheets, live checklists, templates, you get everything in between, and so much more. You also get lifetime access to the course, the lifetime access, you get everything forever. I record all the lectures, you get the lectures literally to the day that you die. And I will be your lifetime coach forever. Any questions, I'm always here for you. After you are done with the course every single month, I host a live Q&A session just to check in on you. If you have any questions, give it to me straight. Tell me how it's going. I love to hear just what's going on and to help you out. And I'm going to be your social media coach forever. And I absolutely love that in the component with that, plus the amazing Facebook group community that we have in the exclusive engagement group. So you don't want to miss out the course. You can't buy it right now. It is not on sale. So the person who wins next Monday will get full access for free, a little sneak peek. And I'm just, you'll be first in line. You'll be first in line when we launch it. And I'm super excited to meet with you and just be in your presence and I teach you and I learn from you. It goes both ways. So I'm super excited for that. My CHUG this moment, CHUG Center Chug moment this week would have to be, I am a week ahead of the podcast, guys. Like we usually am recording like the, not the night before, maybe, I'm not going to lie, maybe the night before, or like three, four days before but I'm recording this a whole week earlier since I now have a virtual assistant. So we've been, we've saying real productive up in here. We looking fresh, we feeling good. So I am doing the podcast a week ahead, a wee week ahead. And another thing is just doing the whole Freedom Raywear right and just being a part of that. That was such an amazing experience and I can't wait to do it again. My party foul this week, Um, it's honestly been a pretty good week. Nothing really that major, Um, I guess. You know what? Okay, so today's Mother's Day. I'm recording this on Mother's Day, and I woke up early. I went to the grocery store at 9 a.m., no flowers, literally nowhere. I went to Smith's, and Sprouts, nothing. Literally no flowers, just cactus, cacti succulents no flowers so next year for mother's day note to self i gotta go the night before because they don't know nothing the day of that's my party foul of the week i'm sorry mom i'm sorry grandma i just got them cards i couldn't find them no flowers but i still love them anyway all right let's get into this interview with my dear friend here at sunflower raver thank you thank you thank you so much for coming on the podcast i truly appreciate it and i know my listeners absolutely love to just get more insight on you and to get to know you so let's get into it hello partiers how are you guys feeling today i am here with a very very special guest today here you may know her as sunflower raver if you don't know who she is what are you doing she is killing me <laughs> on instagram TikTok. she is such an inspo for me with festival fashion and not only in the fashion space, but also in business. She is a CEO now. She has her own festival clothing company, and it's just a pleasure to have her on the podcast. The Queen herself, I'm super excited to dive in today. So how are you doing? Thank
1: you so much. I'm so happy, Terry. I am like beyond honored that I get to spend the next little while talking to you and just, you know, sharing some stuff and it's i don't know i love the festival scene and i'm just really happy that i can be more of a part of it so it feels nice yeah we're here.
0: we are happy to have you here so just tell me about yourself the audience just some quick facts where are you located how
1: long have you been raving okay um, yeah. my first rave was in 2016 um back when i was still living in canada it was life in color It was super fun, I went super last minute and I surprised my sister there because she raved a lot before me and she kind of got me more interested in it. And then I went to a lot of events with her. Um, I'm now located in Washington. I moved down here about a year and a half ago and I currently live with my sister, which is great. So we plan all of our shows together as much as we can, um, especially like (laughs) pre-COVID. So um, it's really nice though. I, I like Washington, I think it's a good hub for, A lot of EDM stuff especially when you look at all the shows that happen at the Gorge and I'm 22 so I'm like a I'm a full adult I guess
0: you are (laughs) 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 yeah.
1: and um hmm, I don't really know what else um yeah about maybe five years of raving now no it's been oh shit it's like yeah like now five five
0: five to six ish so nice I'm also I'm going into my seventh year of raving which is crazy it's like it's such a beautiful community you just get addicted to it everything about yeah. e and then the festival scene is so great
1: people don't understand it's it's like the most captivating thing in the entire world like outside of just like being there like it's like all the, the music is crazy like that's I think what sucked me in the most I thought when I was like before I started raving, I was like very like blinders on about like EDM. And then when I actually went to one, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. A lot more than what I thought it was. What's so. your favorite artist right now? What's your favorite subgenre? <sighs> That's a really tough question. <laughs> That's a really tough question. I've been really liking a lot of bass house stuff lately. Um, but it also really depends. I've also been listening to a lot of um Hardcore hard style. So, just stuff with like a really heavy kick. Um, but that's most of the stuff that I will normally work out to or go on a run to because I just, I don't focus. I just hear like bop, 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 bop in my ear and I'm like, hmm, this is good stuff. But I also really like tropical house. Um, I guess house in general really is one of my favorite genres. Yeah, house, but, uh, music. <laughs> house music. House music all the way. Um, but I do enjoy like dubstep uh, quite a bit too. Of course, like any sort of genre of hard style is fantastic. Like euphoric hard style is like one of it's a top tier genre for me. <laughs> hey yes. I love uh, anything bass music. Yeah. I Porter's new album came out, his nurture album. Yeah. And I've been loving that lately. It's been really nice to listen to and just kind of vibe out to. I also really like music like that, but I prefer the stuff I can dance to, I guess. So I feel you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Artist wise, um, I love Bro Hug a lot lately. Bro Hug's been great because he's a good bass house. Uh, I love Joyride. Uh, I love Lewis the Child. Um, I love Bad Clat Company. Mm, obviously, Porter. <laughs> um, I love Lewis the Child. Um, yeah, it's a big mishmash of stuff. You could say, like, an artist, I'd be like, oh, I love them. Like, Green Velvet. Yes, I love them. Fantastic. Like, anything. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like the
0: longer you're in the rave space, you just start to love everything. So, yeah. I do want to dive right in. As much as I love festival, this podcast is half festival, half getting things done. We're staying productive, yes. y'all. So the first thing I want to talk about is really just growing your personal brand online and growing yes. your social media presence. So what made you want to grow your social media presence?
1: Um, Honestly, I... I don't really know, because when I first started up my social media, the main reason why I did it was so that I could have a separate place from my main Instagram to post rave stuff, because I was like, oh, you know, maybe like my aunt doesn't really want to see my butt out, you know, every other weekend. So I'm just going to make a separate account on Instagram to post that. And then once I started getting more into like picking out like an outfit and like styling it and doing all of these things with it, I think is maybe when I started to take it. A little bit more seriously with creating on there and creating outside of the rave scene or like when i was at a rave or a festival and that was maybe around when i had like three to four thousand followers when i felt i was taking it a little bit more seriously but i think at that point i was taking it a little bit too seriously because i felt like i had to post like as much as i could and create this like really good content and stuff and it got so overwhelming And it started like damaging like my relationships, like in real life, like not just on social media. And so I just stopped taking it so seriously. And I think after that is what led me to actually grow a little bit more on social media was to kind of like let go of pressuring myself too much and doing it for, you know, the reasons why I guess I originally started it so I could post about the shows that I went to. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And I think that kind of maybe led into it. So, I guess I never really wanted to, but it was more just kind of like an outlet. Nice. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I love that. And I like how you said at first you were like putting a lot of pressure on yourself. I've done like the same thing. I've started looking at posting yeah. on social, like experiment. Like, if it goes well, cool, like, let's yeah. go. But like, trying to be trying to post like every single day is hard. And
1: yeah. it's hard to show up in person and online like all the time. It can be really difficult. I found that it's much easier to just kind of post when I'm really passionate about the content that I make. Cause I also feel like people can like tell if you've posted something and you're just posting it for the fuck of it. Like, I feel like people know that maybe they don't, but I feel like sometimes people can tell and they're like, Oh, they're just posting it cause they got to post it. And so I find that like, even if I'm posting like a throwback or something, I want to make sure that like the reason that I have behind it is like, super like pure and not just for like a promotional kind of sake thing
0: yes definitely like all your posts like caption wise it should be like full with value like you should be wanting to connect with your audience you're not just selling some clothing or doing whatever like you need to connect with your audience exactly do you have any tips of growing your brand do you feel like it's easier to grow on instagram or tiktok
1: I feel like it's a lot easier to grow on TikTok, but the content that you do have to show out on TikTok to be able to grow more is a little bit more time consuming than it is on Instagram. So I would say maybe to start on TikTok if you're looking to grow faster, quicker, and then move over to focusing on Instagram as well. One of the biggest problems I see from like TikTok creators who also have an Instagram is that they just repost their TikToks right to their Instagram, which works for some people. But for the most part, a lot of your TikTok followers will follow you over to your Instagram and they don't wanna see the same content repeated. Um, You can do it like occasionally every now and then, but I like to kind of switch it up so you have different content on each platform so that people have more content. People always want more and they always wanna be like stimulated and stuff. I also find that with TikTok, If you can really get into your niche and really just like catapult yourself in there, that's what's going to do the absolute best for you. So if you're sticking to like raving and festivals and stuff like that, then really like just dialing down into it will help you grow even more and not strain away from it too much. But TikTok can also be really weird with ravers, uh, just with festival outfits in general. So you have to get a little bit creative when it comes to covering up properly to not get banned. Yeah, so. that was
0: one of my questions gonna ask, how do you post a lot of rave content? Cause I feel like every time I post something on TikTok, it's like inappropriate. But you still are like beautiful and still are able to show your body in like an elegant, like good, sexy way. I'm just like, uh, how is she doing this? But like I'll post something, you get any tips? Do you feel like I know I've seen you put like emojis in places?
1: I'll do like emojis or if I feel like my chest is showing too much, I'll try to cover it like either like with my hand or I'll wear like a bandeau underneath a bikini top, which kind of sucks. Cause I feel like it takes away from the outfit, but to post onto TikTok, I have to do that. Um, I also find that if you're wearing like a bikini bottom or something like that, if you have some sort of mesh or fishnet on underneath it, it can help sometimes. TikTok doesn't like things that are like too strappy or too like BDSM kind of style stuff because they'll take it as like more like sexual. Um, So I try to avoid posting stuff like that. I have gotten away a couple of times posting in pasties on that app, but only when I have a mesh top over top of my boobs. I can't just do pasties. Mm -hmm. I have to have something over top of it. So I find like having the mesh stuff over it like really helps a lot too. And me that that's it I try to focus on maybe trying to have just something covering my boobs and I find if I can do that then I'm good to go so mm-hmm. that's my main issue and then people are like why are you doing that I'm like because I can't show my boobs on here because I'm yeah. not a 13 year old girl <laughs> right
0: and that's so crazy it's always like young girls doing stuff that doesn't get blocked but
1: uh, I'll sometimes I'll have my videos like under review even though I know I've done a good job of making sure I'm not showing anything so what I'll do is that um I I'll take um I'll go into like the bikini section of TikTok and I'll like screenshot other people's videos where they're showing like a lot of skin and I'll put that in my review and I'm going all of these women are showing so much more body than I am I should be able to be posted because I'm covered up more and most of the time it goes back up so okay yeah that's that's helped a lot too because I think it kind of shows whoever's moderating it I'm not sure if it's a manual moderator that goes through those videos or if it's just an AI that will go back through it um but whatever sees that I feel like has helped me get my videos back up but Mm. it's good that's what I do and it works
0: (laughs) nice my friend actually she works for TikTok and it's real people real people go through all the videos
1: oh there we go yeah
0: (laughs) i should actually have her on and be like tell us what's going on but yeah she's been working for tiktok i think since last summer so almost about a year now and she loves it but she's seen some crazy stuff
1: there's been crazy stuff i saw a dude's ball sack on tiktok once, and i'm like so that can go up but i can't post myself in a bikini because that's a (laughs) no-no
0: i'm so confused (laughs) TikTok, their guidelines are crazy. How They're often? ridiculous. How often do you post? I feel like you are posting consistently. Do you have like a schedule that you post to? Do you batch your content?
1: It all depends. It really depends. Sometimes I won't post for a week just because I don't feel like it. But my preferred schedule to be on, like what I prefer the most when I feel like I'm Doing my best work with my content is posting onto TikTok at least one time a day. Um, I found that a little bit more difficult to do lately just with running Olympus attire on the side too. So it's more turned into every other day, which I'm also fine with. And then on Instagram, I like to try to post like two times a week minimum, up to like maybe like five or six times. It depends if I have like an event coming up. So this this coming weekend is Singularity in Utah. And since it's a three-day event, I'm going to be posting each of those three days and I've already posted once this week already. So I'm having actually four posts go up this week and probably like three next week as well. So it'll be a little bit more with content and I'll probably see that on my TikTok as well. Uh, But if there's like no events, like what I've seen before, then it's usually like an every other day thing and at least two to three times on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I try to post a reel every now and then onto my Instagram too, just because I think it breaks up my content a lot easier now on there. And with reels, I can post a lot more like shuffling progress on there too, which I'm really happy about. My shuffling videos, I felt never did really good on my Instagram for like really long time. But I think because I've been posting them more, people seem to be more interested in seeing them. So I've gotten a lot more confident with posting those, which makes me really happy because I'm like, i'm so proud of myself yes, yes. <laughs> and like i'm like i'm going out and dancing like every day so when i video it and i take content for it like it makes me so happy that i can share that
0: oh, yay that's good i love your it shuffling feels- videos You're kind <clears throat> so thank so you good. really
1: good it's crazy to see that progress especially like looking back on like where i was like a year ago it's like damn <laughs> geez, I'm like, this is, it's good that I've actually been practicing so much, but it feels good. When, um, alongside of content though, um, to when it comes to like creating it, I find that batch creating content is really difficult for me because when I'm putting together an outfit, I tend to tailor like my makeup and my hair to that outfit as well. And so I find it really hard to make it like the same, like a throughout outfits if i'm doing like a really simple kind of makeup look i can definitely tailor it and be able to batch create content like when we were in arizona uh, for the second day i had really simple makeup on so in the morning i was able to take like so many bikini photos it was ridiculous because i was like oh this can just transfer over so i can do it sometimes but most of the time i can't but that's mainly for instagram when i go on a tiktok i'll batch create as much content as i can And I'll try to plan out my ideas for different sounds that I find and create the content that I want just in the same outfit with all the sounds that I can use and then I'll finish it. So if I have a makeup look on, I want to always try to make at least like four videos for my TikTok with that look and then have them ready in my drafts to post whenever I feel like it. But if I have like simple makeup on then I'll try to also do some stuff like outfit videos or something because those are really easy to batch create especially if it's just like like my everyday makeup this is how I look every day so I can make more videos like that too. So I don't know it all really depends.
0: (laughs) Yeah I feel that with schedule. I try to batch my content. I try to get ready like in phases so I'll have like no makeup and do like a little pre-transformation and then yeah. get photos and finish it and then try to do like a funny sound or something but it's hard some days you just have no motivation to do it.
1: It's, it's so hard losing that motivation sometimes I feel when I'm really out of motivation what like this is so ridiculous whenever I buy a new outfit I will feel motivated to create content in it so sometimes if I buy something I feel really motivated and really excited to put it together and I found that that has helped with my motivation, but it also really motivates me to see what other people are posting too. Specifically, like the with TikTok, because I feel the content that I put out on there and that I see other people put on there is like a lot more. Here we go. Like here's all this content. Like blah blah. blah. And I look to them and I kind of build off of like their vibes that they've already put out there and like their ideas and stuff. And it's like. If I want to do something similar, like I'll credit them or something, but like, or their idea could lead me to a whole new idea and it's really helpful. And sometimes if I'm doing like a brand deal or something, or if I'm doing like a a paid thing to like a certain sound, they already have the idea set up for you. And they're like, just do something with this. And I'm like, Mm. oh, and it kind of starts the gears turning in my head, which can help too, when I'm kind of in like a rut for content nice okay so but yeah yeah
0: do you consider yourself a content creator influencer model tiktok tiktok star how would how do you
1: (laughs) i i wish i could consider myself a model um the only reason why i don't is because i've never actually had a professional photo shoot done Um, I've never modeled specifically for a brand. I don't count Olympus Attire because I own it and that's different. I don't have anyone else to put on the clothes. So it's different. (laughs) It's like, I'm like kind of like my last resort. If I could, I wanna pay people to model for me eventually. That would be the best. I know people around Seattle that would absolutely love to do it. But I feel I'm more in the space of content creator I, I don't really like the term influencer because it's got such negative undertones to it now, especially going into 2021 here, and not negative undertones just like specifically like from the rape scene like I know we've seen in the past. I just mean overall I think influencer has really negative connotations, especially when you look into like the YouTube makeup community and all of them makeup influencers like There's a lot of, it feels like it's overwhelmed with drama and disaster and tea and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't want any part of that, especially in the EDM scene. I'm like, I don't think we need that. I think some people can fit under the cap of influencer um, in the EDM scene and there's nothing wrong with that. But for myself, since I think I create content well outside of just like you know promoting XYZ I like to think of myself more as a content creator because it's like, hey, I can also do like hair and makeup and here are some things on TikTok and I don't know what this is, but I'm dancing now. So like, here are my shoes. Like, I think it's a lot of a broader spectrum when you look at content creator as opposed to just influencer. Like, I think they're like kind of like steps. Like, I think you have like your influencer and then the next step up from that is a content creator And the only difference between those two steps is that a content creator has more tools and more access with themselves to create a really wide variety of content as opposed to just like one type of content. One is not better than the other. I just don't prefer to be an influencer. I (laughs) agree. And I think TikTok star is just whack. (laughs) (laughs) So that's at like the very bottom. Congrats. (laughs) a, A video of you doing the renegade or something. (laughs)
0: go off but that's funny i would consider myself a content creator also influencer does have such like a negative like feeling with it and it is a lot of drama the beauty scene like what's going on with james charles this time like oh my god
1: (laughs) who even knows (laughs) i'm so confused at this point i'm like i can't even keep up when i look into the rave scene specifically though most of the other uh women and men that I see in there I don't really consider any of them to be content creators because I think or sorry influencers my bad I consider a lot (laughs) I'm so sorry I consider the majority of people in like the EDM scene with larger followings to actually be more so of content creators because I think we all have a really wide range of what we can do and what we put into our content, because I think it's a lot more than just like taking a cute like bikini pic. I think it's like all of these other extra steps um, that go into what we all do, including going to festivals, cause that's expensive and I don't know. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You a to on that. So
0: what inspired you to start your own clothing line? I know you had the whole Freedom Rewear collab, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, if you could talk about that, how that even happened, did that help you? Um,
1: it actually, doing my line with Freedom Raver did push me more into looking to create my own stuff. Um, when Mike and Alyssa first reached out to me, it was like back in like April of last year. So, pretty much a year ago now. And they were like talking about maybe doing like a collab line together. And I was like, hey, like this would be really, really cool. And so what I did is that I drew out all of the pieces that I wanted in it and what I wanted the fabric to look like. And they thought that was like really interesting. And because of all of the work that I put into it, they were like, hey, like you're like really good at all of this stuff, um, but you're a lot more tailored into like the social media side. So like send Mike a resume and we'll see if we have a position for you at, you know, like working with us. And so alongside of working on creating a line with them, I was also working with them a little bit more behind the scenes in running their TikTok influencers, which was really fun. I really enjoyed it. It was a fantastic experience. I feel like I got a lot of like, I don't know, like (sighs) coordinating experience and marketing, which was really cool. And I think that helped me figure out more insights onto like just growing my own social media and like what really like goes into it and how to find certain people for it but while I was kind of doing like a little bit of work with them they we were also working on the line of course and then all of that didn't actually because I'm I was so picky with the fabric they were like sending stuff back and forth with a graphic designer and they're like do you like this I'm like no and they're like what about this I'm like no I don't like it it's ugly (laughs) like what do you what do you want us to do we only got to that print maybe in like July like oh, wow. it took months because I am the pickiest person on the face of the planet. I guess when I'm creating stuff, because I'm like, if it's not to a T, I hate it. It's ugly. I don't want to no. know. Uh, but when other people do it, I'm like, wow, it's beautiful. Like, I don't know. There's like a big disconnect because my brain's super perfectionist about it. But after we made that um, and things were going pretty good, Mike and Alyssa were like, you know, you obviously really have a passion for, creating and you put a lot of work into making your online with us come to fruition and you're really good obviously behind the scenes with doing like work with influencers and you know making sure that content is going out that's good and happy and like you know fun times and you seem to have a pretty good grasp on a business side of things you should consider opening up your own rave brand and so they kind of really pushed me in the nicest way possible <laughs> like being like you need to do something with yourself that makes a larger impact to make you feel fulfilled when it comes to rave fashion. Because a lot of the times I would brand to them, I'm like, you guys need to do this style. It'll do really well on your site. Like when like sweatpants and joggers. I was like, you guys need to do that. And that was in like August. And I was like, make sweatpants. and They're like, why? Well, I'm like, people love sweatpants. That's why they'll buy it. And it was a good idea because I'll, especially with the pandemic, everyone was wanted to be comfy. But I think they really helped and they were both really helpful when it came to figuring things out on like the Shopify end and figuring things out when it came to like emails and sending those out and getting things ready for products and also helping me price things properly. I think when I first went into making my business, I wanted to make it really affordable, but they were also like a little bit of realism. They're like, you're a really small business. You can't make a top. Thirty dollars because you're not going to make any money off of it, and I'm like, but I want to. And they're like, don't do it. And I'm like, okay, maybe you're right. And so they really helped me out, but uh, I don't know. I think that was kind of the big inspo. That's such a long tangent. Jesus. No, I love it.
0: I love that Alyssa and Mike inspired you and gave you that little push that you needed because it turned
1: out so well, so beautifully. So. I'm excited for you. They were really nice too. And so I'm hoping that I can get more fabric printed from them because they have a lot more um, eco-friendly fabric and I want to try to get as much as my stuff eco-friendly um, as I can within reason. Sometimes I can't physically use it, but we're getting there. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Why the name? Um, so I originally wanted to do something that was Greek inspired. Um, because I am Greek and I feel like nobody knows that because I don't really put my name out on social media too much. And that's, I mean, mainly for personal reasons. I don't really care if people know my name, but I just don't like it like out and about on social media. And so having it be Olympus attire felt for me that I was able to relate it more back to like my own like roots and everything and Greece and just the mythology around gods and goddesses has always been something that I've absolutely adored. When I was in university, I studied a lot of Greek philosophers, like, specifically, and I love all that stuff. I think it's so interesting. All of, like, the myths that surround Greek mythology are so cool and, like, just so interesting to read. Like, I think the Oedipus was one of, like, my favorite things. I'm pretty sure that's that's Greek. Yeah. Oedipus was <laughs> insane. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. And I think having the brand kind of surround that is what pushed me to make it Olympus attire. And I also wanted it to be something where people felt like they were quote unquote, like a higher being when they had my stuff on, like, they felt ethereal. They felt like a goddess. They felt like a God, like they felt they could do anything. And I think when somebody calls you like, Oh, you look like a goddess, like that's a big confidence boost. Like They're saying that you look eternal in that outfit. You look insane. You are like above beauty in any space wearing what you want and looking the way that you do in this outfit. And so that was also another thing for me because I I really wanted to push for people feeling so confident in what they were wearing that they felt like a goddess in it or a god. I need to make more men's stuff. (laughs) But that's kind of where it came from. I also wanted to name all of my collections after a different Olympian. Because uh, there's 12, arguably 13, that live on Olympus. And I think playing off of that and being able to design each collection with, like around just a god or a goddess is really cool. And I think it adds a really big like specialty into it. So that's also nice. I thought it was so neat. <laughs> For your first launch, what was the name of that one? My first launch was the Aphrodite Collection. And so her, I I chose the strawberry fabric for it. And the main reason why I did that was because that, because there was a strawberry dress and that thing like went viral. And so I'm like, if I use that fabric because I wanted to for a rave outfit, people would really like it because this has already proven to be a really big thing. So I was like, that's a good thing, but who would fit with that? And there's this really weird myth that nobody knows if it's true in Greek mythology, that Aphrodite like, walked away from a man or some man died. I need to relook it up. But she left a trail of wild strawberries behind her. And so pe- a lot of people actually related strawberries to Aphrodite. And strawberries are also known as an aphrodisiac. They're like a sexual brute. And so I was like, this is perfect. Boom. <laughs> I'm like, I may at work. Um and I think it turned out really cool. And I think it really gave more of like a a cooler insight onto just Aphrodite herself. And instead of doing something with like hearts because she's like the goddess of like love like you know all of that stuff that it turned it into something more of like um loving your own sexuality kind of thing mm-hmm. I'm feeling cute because it's pink we love the color pink you're so creative oh yeah I love you dropping
0: some history right now no. okay. just
1: some history I'm
0: getting there I'm getting there <laughs> so what are the steps of even making an outfit like where do you get fabric how do you like measure stuff you have a very like inclusive line yeah. your size range
1: so how do you even how do you even do it <laughs> so i feel like this is actually something that a lot of small businesses don't really like to talk about and i don't know why i struggled so much with finding places to source my materials when i was first starting to look for them because i felt like i wasn't getting a lot of answers from people or I felt too embarrassed to ask people where they got things from. And it kind of sucked because (laughs) I'm just like, well, I really need these things. And I don't know where else I'm supposed to get like, you know, shaped O-rings to make harnesses from. Like if I wanted a special shape, like how do I get that? You guys have all these cool shapes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never really got like an answer for that. And I found that um, Mike and Alyssa helped me source my fabric so I source my fabric from the same place that they do it's called blue moon fabrics they're located in California they're incredible I love them the quality of it is like amazing I love that the strawberry fabric I still have that sourced on Etsy right now and I don't mind buying from them I would prefer to buy it somewhere else but since I've already started to use it on my stuff I'm just going to keep sourcing it from there for the time being until I move on to another collection. And then from then I, w- I would like to get it from a different place than Etsy since I don't know, it's Etsy. I don't know if you really buy fabrics on Etsy too much. There's a lot of really cool fabrics on Etsy though. Like if you look up like neat fabrics you will find some really cool stuff on there. Um, and then as for like all my other like little garment pieces and everything and all the hardware and stuff. I found that sourcing them on Alibaba was the best place to go and find them. And I know some people get kind of concerned when you talk about Alibaba or sourcing stuff that's overseas, that's like made in China or whatever. And I totally get that. Um, If you go onto Alibaba and you have your account ready to go and everything, you can actually take a look into each company that is creating and manufacturing those pieces. So if you're looking at bra strap sliders, for example, You can look into the company and see how they compensate their workers, what their facilities actually look like, how things are safe, how people are paid, et cetera, et cetera. And they have obviously like minimum quantity orders, which can be really expensive. But the reason why they do that is so that when people are making their stuff, they're all getting financially compensated fairly and our dollar is a lot stronger. So when we send over like $5, it's obviously that's a very low number I mean most of the time when you're buying stuff on there it can be like a hundred to like two hundred dollars it's compensating everybody for their wage and actually keeping everything intact with like their machinery and stuff too and keeping the place clean so I did a lot of research before I chose specific places to buy from on Alibaba but once I found them I really liked them and you can like talk to them on Alibaba too like you can communicate with the seller and they're all like really nice people they're like yeah we got you like we can help with that like let's do this and I'm like cool I like it, this is cool. So I think a lot of people kind of frown on overseas stuff, which I don't blame them, but you can source really ethically overseas. And there's a lot of machinery that like places like China for example, has when they're manufacturing like different kinds of metal that we just don't have in the United States. Like there are a lot more, I would say advanced when it comes to textiles and different types of hardwares that people use in their garments here um, that we just don't have access to that we, we can't build because they're the best at it. <laughs> and we have proven that time and time again. And all of the stuff I've gotten from there too has been really good quality. So um, I definitely suggest doing that, but that's how the, the, getting that all done. It's like a nightmare. <laughs> it's just a nightmare. Most of the patterns that I use for my stuff when it comes to making it, um, I'll find either free patterns online that I can muck with and kind of make it into my own thing or I'll buy a pattern that I can then further muck with and make into my own thing. I don't like having the same kind of base as what I start with. I like to change it. So it's something new and something that's like kind of original in the sense, if that that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, if like I got like a pattern for like a t-shirt I would mess up the pattern. So it was how I actually wanted it to look. And then that's how I would create my stuff from there. And I, I like that a lot because then I can kind of like, it's like in a way like customizing my pieces more mm-hmm. and making them more like quote unquote one of a kind. I don't think anything's one of a kind in the fashion industry anymore. I'm sure that there's people that have done stuff that look like mine countless times, but it's nice to kind of like, feel like I'm creating something, you know? Mm-hmm. Putting so. a twist to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. What materials
0: do you use? Like, What's your set list of things? You got your needle and thread. You got a sewing machine. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Basically. Yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> I have um, two machines. I have my serger and I also have my sewing machine. Both of them are brother. I like those the most. I think they're the easiest to work with. Um, and when it comes to fabric, I have a four way stretch. I believe it's like a it's like a polyester mix, which I really like. It's it's one of definitely like the highest quality stuff that I've used, and I enjoy that. Um, I have the mesh sequin strawberry fabric for the Aphrodite line currently. I don't know if I'm gonna keep using fabric like that though, because I've broken like a needle already because sometimes they won't go through the sequins. And if you have to fold them, it's just a mess. It can be such a mess, but you have your thread, your needles, you can get different types of needles for your sewing machines that you can get a specific type of fold going, um, or sorry, a specific kind of stitch. And then I have all of my hardware stuff, which is actually where things get a little bit more expensive. The strapping that I use for like my bottoms and also the perfect fit top that I make, that stuff is really expensive. And I refuse to buy anything else because it's nice and it's soft and it feels good on your skin and it doesn't itch you or anything like that. So I refuse to buy anything else. I'm like, it's worth it. I'll pay the extra money for it. Um, And then you have all of the gold hardware that I use and chain and gems, or sorry, charms, not gems, gold chain gems. And then I have tools that I use for jewelry making just like some pliers and some tweezers and jump rings. And I think that's it. I think that's it, I hope that's it. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff. How do you measure like for sizing? How does that work? So with most of the patterns that I find online, I try my best to get the patterns that go from extra small to at least a 2XL. Um, If they don't go to a 3XL that's okay because I can just always hand draft the pattern myself up to a 3XL just by splitting it. There's countless tutorials for that on YouTube. That's how I figured it out. But that's been a really helpful thing to do. Um, I've also found that um, with the top specifically, I like to try to measure things as much as I can through like, just like your bust and your underbust, Cause I find that that's also gonna help you get the absolute best fit. Um, especially like with like the perfect fit top that I have. If I did that small, medium, large, X whatever, like someone's not gonna fit in it because my boobs can, if I look on a size chart, it could fit a large, but then my band is like a small. So what do I do? Like It's gotta go by bra size. So that top is actually drafted from a bra pattern that I just mucked with until I figured it out. And I'm like, this is good. I like this quite a lot more. So I find that um, to be a big help when it comes to sizing. I don't know I had such an I've had such an issue with tops so I wanted to make it like actually work Mm -hmm. I'm glad
0: that you're sticking with that material if you love it keep it
1: I'm gonna keep it I can't do anything else
0: is it a made to order line or did you make everything and then just shift it right away
1: um currently right now everything is made to order so um I dropped like a week and a half or sorry two and a half weeks ago and I'm just over halfway done with getting all my orders out which is pretty good I haven't shipped anything yet I was just going to ship it all together in the future eventually I do want to do things that are just ready to ship so I might have some sort of like ready to ship drop or even like a sample sale of stuff that I like messed up on like a little bit like I, I have a pair of like extra extra small bottoms that I accidentally made I don't know how (laughs) but that'll be like in a sample sale eventually so someone someone will fit it and i think that that would be really nice to do i'd much rather have stuff completely be ready to ship but i don't have the capability to do that right now and making things made to order also gives me a little bit more of an insight on how to like or what quantities of things i should be making if i were to do ready to ship stuff so like all my adjustable bottoms for example the majority of orders that I got for those were in a size small. And so I know that if I'm gonna do anything that's ready to ship, I should probably be making a majority of those in a size small as opposed to a size medium or an extra small, because that's what people preferred um, overall. So I'm gonna continue to like look into stuff like that, but we'll see. I might have to do another drop to like really like hone in on that.
0: The more you launch though, the better it will be for sure. Exactly, exactly. Is it just you right now? Do you have a team at all? It's me. It's just you.
1: I'm the social media lady. I'm the slower. I'm the designer. I'm the website lady. I learned how to build a website in three days.
0: Nice. That was my next question. Yeah. While making a website. Um, what site program do you use for mine? I use Wix. And it's okay. I'm so down to get another
1: website. I don't know, provider, what do you use? I actually haven't heard of Wix. So that's interesting. I use Shopify. Um, I liked it the most uh, just based on what I've seen other people use in other small businesses. Um, I think it's the easiest thing to navigate and they have a lot of like free website themes that you can use on there and you can customize it pretty well to make it really fit into your needs and everything. So I like that the most, I think it's like 30 bucks or something a month to use the site itself, which is kind of expensive, especially over the course of 12 months. But I found that to be worth it for me since that money gets factored into any overhead charges that I have per product that I sell. So it's like a couple cents per item that gets factored into that, which is pretty good, but I like it the most. I think it's the best and it's really easy to use. They have tutorials on how to set up stuff all over the Shopify page. And then there's a lot more on YouTube too. So I really liked it.
0: Nice. Okay. What do you use for your email provider? Oh, I'm just using Google.
1: Google. have <laughs> <laughs> olympusattire at gmail.com. I actually don't know how to make it like at olympusattire.com yet. I'm going to figure that out, but I'm also kind of lazy to set it up like that. So I know there's a way to do it. I'm just like, I think I need to plug my EIN number into Google somewhere and just say like oh this is my domain. Yeah. Redirect the emails here please. Mm-hmm. So, but I'll get there. I'm I'm a little too lazy to do that right now. So, I don't know what that says about me.
0: <laughs> no, nothing at all. One step at a time. I recently I don't have like Perry at PartyPerry.com, but I use MailChimp to do like automatic like emails. Mm-hmm. So like when anyone like buys like coaching from me, you get like automatic email. It's like thank you so much, like I appreciate you. It's I think fifteen dollars a month, and I like it so far. You can make a website on it too. Yeah. I think for extra ten dollars. So I think with Wix, I had to buy it a whole year. It was one sixty nine for the whole year. But I think after I might just do everything on MailChimp because since you can do a website with them. Yeah. But we'll see. That makes sense.
1: And yeah. well, maybe a little bit more like cost-effective too in the end. Yeah. Just for things. I know that there's a couple of other like automated email stuff that like you can send out for tracking. I had um when I was doing stuff with Freedom Raper, I was shown like a couple of programs that do that too, which I'm currently forgetting the names to because I'm dumb. But they seemed really good, and I'm like, well, that's something I can definitely look into, but I feel like sending out emails for myself right now is a little bit too much, just because I feel like I don't have time to sit down and design them, and then also be sewing for, like, 12 hours a day, (laughs) so... (laughs) But,
0: How do yeah. you? Um, I was gonna ask about just getting a business license because I texted you a couple weeks ago. I was like, I need help to get an LLC. Yeah, like, what's going on. So, what business license? I know you don't have LLC.
1: Which one yeah. do you have? And I guess pros and cons of both. So, of and I know registering for a business license can totally vary from state to state. In Washington, it's a little bit difficult because some of the jargon that they use and like when they're asking you questions and I'm just like, I don't get this. I had my tax man help me with most of that stuff. He's great, his name's David. If you need him, just message me. Um, we love David. Um, but I decided to register myself as a C Corp. And the reason why I registered as a C Corp as opposed to an LLC is because I wanted separation from myself and the business. I wanted to be two separate entities. An LLC puts you together. Is that a bad thing? No, it's not at all. But I like to be separate because then I can pay myself as an employee a little bit easier. And it's a lot easier for myself to manage my taxes when I'm as a C Corp, as opposed to an LLC, especially with um, the amount of money I kind of projected myself to make. If I registered as an LLC, I'm going to get taxed differently than I would as a C Corp. So as a C Corp, I can pay myself and then the salary that I pay myself from the business is a tax write-off for the business. So I won't pay taxes on it technically as a business. I'll still get taxed on it as overall income, but when I have that money sent to myself, I'll get taxed on it with like a W-4 or something instead, which makes my life just like a little bit easier. It's a lot more tax forms to fill out and a lot more stuff to do, but I find that to be a lot more manageable and a lot more easier to understand, even though it's more steps. So I prefer that <laughs> over anything, but now I got to send myself like a W-4 and stuff. I'm like, wow, who, who would have thought? And I got to plan out like quarterly taxes and whatnot too, which isn't too, too bad. Um, I think the the hardest thing about registering as a business, regardless of where you are, is just the time that it takes. Because once you apply for your license, and I believe you get your EIN first or your, hmm. you get you get two numbers. You get your EIN and you also get your UBI number. So you have to actually register for both of those separately. I believe that's the same across most states. But on top of that, setting up like a business account, like a bank account for yourself, I think is really important, but you can't do that until you have those numbers, <laughs> and so it's like that time period that you kind of have to wait for those to come in and have some sort of printed form for it is just like that. I don't know why it stressed me out. You know, I knew it was coming, but it stressed me out. And then there was a couple of extra fees that I also had to pay to Washington just for registering, which is weird. So I think registering the whole business cost me around four hundred dollars total. Okay, wasn't too bad. Yeah, Not I hear. Bad. I haven't
0: gotten mine, but my boyfriend's roommate, he has his own business, his little tech business. And I think he said he paid 500 here in Nevada.
1: That's pretty good. That's pretty standard. I know in some places, depending on what type of business you are registering as, the adult, it's going to cost more. I know in Florida, it can be a little bit expensive to actually make a business for some reason. It's like ridiculous expensive, but like here, Washington, it's great. I don't think I'm ever going to leave Washington because there's no sales tax here. Hmm. So, right, yeah. I'm like, this is, I need to stay here. This saves me 10% on taxes. <laughs> of course, I'm going to stay here. Plus, <laughs> it's Washington. I like it. So, I've never, I've never been there. Oh, you need to come to Washington. It's gorgeous when it's not like pouring rain, but you get used to the rain pretty quickly if you're living here for a while. But when it's sunny and it's nice and it's clear skies and you can like go down the market and do like touristy stuff, it's like incredible, and I really like it.
0: Nice. Highly recommend. So you pretty much sold out your first launch, which congratulations with that. Thank you. How did you do it? Did you did you market a certain way? How did you sell out the first time ever doing this? Any tips?
1: I think what happened was a combination of um, posting the times that I did onto like my main Instagram and then also onto my TikTok. So before I launched, I posted like three times about my brand and I did that three times in a row on my own page. And that was like back in February. So back in like the beginning of February is when I posted about it. And I think that gave a really good initial kind of like drive up and that was a month before I even launched and then I slowly started posting more things onto my story. I find that the people who watch my story can be a little bit more interactive than people who just look at my posts and then I also found that mentioning Olympus attire in my captions every now and then would also kind of help like drum some things up and then having a post the day before I launched or sorry I posted to my feed two months before I actually launched I didn't mean to do because I actually meant to launch in March and then I launched in April so (laughs) there we go um but I posted the day before I launched into my main feed which I also think really helped um and then I think posting onto my TikTok also helped quite a bit too I posted one video onto my TikTok that did really well it went a little bit viral I think it's sitting at like what is it 279 thousand views right now which i think also helped give my business like a really big boost and also got a lot of people to follow it but that i only posted that like a week before i launched so i think when you're marketing starting like really far out can be helpful sometimes i think i should have posted a month before so that it wasn't two months before <laughs> I think that was a little excessive and then having like a couple things like leading up to the week i think was really helpful Um, but I also think that I sold out really quickly because a lot of the stuff that I feel like I made was a nice like breath of fresh air into the rave scene I don't know it's like here's some more new stuff we're not doing bikini tops anymore I'm sick of them do something else I also think that a lot of people really like the wrap kind of style tops even though they're like zero support but I think they're really interesting and people really like them and I think it helped. I think it helped. It was super creative. I've never
0: seen even that pattern before the strawberries were super cute.
1: I really like them. They're like my favorite things in the entire world. Like I want to make my bedding out of the strawberry fabric for some reason. (laughs) I think it'd be so cute to have like a strawberry bed. (laughs) That'd be super cute. It'd be very expensive but it'd be worth it. (laughs) is there anything you wish you would have done differently I do wish I had pre-made stuff more and I wish that I had calculated out how much fabric I needed more than what I did part of the reason why I gave myself such a long processing time is because I was worried that I was going to run out of certain fabrics or certain materials and I wanted to make sure I had enough time to get those in Um, and then create the stuff and then send it out in like a really timely manner, which I've managed to do for pretty much the entire part of it here. I think I've only had to reorder stuff once. So I think I did a pretty good job on that. And I think that having this first launch also allowed me to see how much I exactly needed because I could, I can't really decide that I kind of took things off of my website and put, labeled them as sold out once I reached a certain amount of orders with everything, um, because some things like they didn't go by sizes per se. So like with like the perfect fit top, for example, I don't have sizes on there. I just had people ordering them. But once I hit 10, I was like, I think that's pretty good because I can make one in X amount of time. So I'm going to take them off the site now. Um, But my goal is to sell 10 anyway. But it was a little bit, um, I just wish I had things planned out maybe a little bit better. I don't know. Maybe a couple things, like a couple more things pre-made, but I can't know. I don't know if more people are going to buy something in one size and something in another size. Like my high-waisted bottoms, I thought I would get more orders in those in like a size large, a 1X and a 2X. So I pre-made a couple of those mm-hmm. and the majority of orders I actually got for the high-waisted bottoms were in an extra small. Oh, wow. And I was like, interesting, but I'm like, maybe this also happened because currently the only person that I have showing off the clothes is myself and I'm a smaller person. And so it's harder to see that stuff and buy it when you're like a plus size girl and you're like, oh, I only see a smaller person wearing it. Even though I do show, I do make plus size stuff. It's I'm like, that may also be part of the reason why. And if it is, I get it. I need more sexy plus size goddesses on my page. And it's just like, ugh. <laughs> i'll
0: get there one day you'll get there yeah for sure you're just getting started yeah i so. do just want to ask you um, some personal questions um yeah. that i'm just curious about how does your boyfriend feel that you're famous on social media
1: Whoa. <laughs> so i think it's he doesn't really care but i think it's also because i never considered myself to be any sort of famous on social media and I think it's also helped that I've never changed who I am around him or anybody even with the following that I have I think some opinions that I have have indeed changed since starting up on social media and posting more especially just when it comes to like larger matters and being like more like opinionated on them but I haven't changed and I think that's why you know he just doesn't really care he's like oh whatever I'll be like oh I hit 400,000 on TikTok today honey and he goes cool do you want to order sushi and I'll be like yeah and then that's like the end of the conversation and it's really nice because it's not something that I feel like either of us try to focus on too much or anything I mean sometimes if I get like a little bit stressed out from my social media he'll help me like put my phone down and just kind of like recenter myself which is really nice but I don't know he feels pretty indifferent he's like yeah whatever he's like i gotta go to a show sometimes because you'll have an extra ticket and that's cool and i'm like cool <laughs> okay needo.
0: same that's how my boyfriend is he yeah he enjoys it he thinks it's fun and then also being able to like go to shows for free and all that nice stuff but he's all like helps me pick out my posts he's like this is yeah cute. yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I also like my boyfriend pictures to him, like, we do 20 years <laughs> more. And he goes, This one, you should post that one. And we'll go, Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm are like, you, I'll post
0: it. Are you guys in a long distance relationship?
1: Yeah, so currently he's still living in Canada and I'm down in Washington. So pre pandemic, we would try to see each other at least like three times a month. And it mainly consisted of him driving down to see me because I don't have a car, which sucks, uh, but he would drive down from the Sunshine Coast down to see me in Seattle, which was about a three to four hour trip, depending on how quickly he was able to make it, which I know seems like a lot, but I don't know, four hours to see like my significant other isn't that much to me. I bussed up a couple times on just a Greyhound to go see him and that would be like a 10 to 12 hour trip for myself because the Greyhound sucks Um, and I swear the drivers like they just don't know how to drive through downtown Vancouver which I get is stressful but it's not that difficult to drive through it when you're a big Greyhound bus because people respect you on the road and if you make a turn they will let you do your thing Um, as someone who drove around in Vancouver a lot I understand that but Um, it's been a little bit difficult with the pandemic because the border has been shut down. So if I want to go up and see him, I have to quarantine for two weeks now and that sucks. And then when I get back home, I will always like just sit down like monitor my symptoms. So you're not required to quarantine in Washington, but I'll monitor my symptoms and I've always gotten a COVID test or I've just done a full quarantine, but it just sucks. It just sucks. (laughs) Like... Right now, most of our time is just spent on FaceTime or planning out the next time that we're gonna see each other. I think that planning out the next time when you're in a long distance relationship that you're actually gonna reunite is really helpful. And no matter how far away you are, I think the longest you should be going is like maybe three months. Because at that point, it gets to be too much. I think I went four months without seeing Nate and I was starting to go a little bit crazy because I was like, where is he? (laughs) I only see him on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when we'd see each other at the border, it'd be like kind of weird at first. Cause I'm like, I've been dating you for like two years. And it's weird seeing you after a month of not seeing you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kind of sucks. I really hate the pandemic for that.
0: But I don't know. It'll be over soon. It seems like it's happening. WWE is happening right now. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't agree with that. So, I mean, like. <laughs>
0: Uh, the photos oh my gosh oh
1: it's ridiculous I mean I don't feel safe going if other people feel safe going they should go um but I've also seen people say that they they know people that are there that have actually tested positive for COVID and that's what really scares me the most because well I know if I went to Abu Dhabi, I would keep myself safe and I would have you know mask on whatever getting tested before and after I just got vaccinated the other day so I'm like that helps me feel a little bit more safer so it's great but I don't know how other people are keeping themselves safe too because you know it could be an entirely different situation as to mine but like if you're going to the show you're vaccinated you don't have people like back at home that you have to worry about taking care of who could potentially face some really serious side effects from the vaccine like I understand why you're going and I think it's great. You should go. Have a good time. But be safe, please. Like, yeah. Please get tested. Everyone needs to get tested after WW. I don't want to see another, another spike in cases right now. It's mm-hmm. not what we need. If we can do it safely, we should do it safely. But I think, I think it will be a little bit more safer there. <laughs> so
0: I also mixed feelings. A lot of people are doing back-to-back festivals. I'm like, that's, that's not safe at all. You need to get back, no. get tested if you're
1: able to get tested between them then I think that's great um but I think if you're doing them back to back I think you know and like let's say like you don't have the choice like you have to do them back to back for whatever god knows why um I'm not gonna judge why it could be just because you want to whatever I don't care um really monitor your symptoms and take care of yourself I know that COVID's death rate is like pretty low but we still don't really know all of the long-term health effects from it and you know it's important to keep People around you safe because even while you maybe don't have like an older parent at home or near you that you could pass the virus to you might do it at like a coffee shop that you go to and that's where I get like a little bit paranoid about things so even like when I'm at the gym because my gym's open think fucking god it's open holy crap I will like religiously spray down every single little thing that I touched on the machine and if I go to a new machine I spray it down before I use it even if I notice that the person before me already wiped it down because I'm, like, very scared (laughs) about, like, not myself getting COVID, but potentially spreading it to somebody who, like, can't handle it. In BC, a toddler died from COVID recently, like, two years old, and they did have underlying medical health conditions, but, you know, they still caught COVID and they still passed away, and that's what I'm worried about. There's a lot of people with, you know, underlying health conditions, from asthma to whatever, diabetes, all this stuff that affects a lot of people. And I don't know. I don't know. I could go on a whole rant about that, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, though, because I feel like to to die. The, uh, I've awesome. already started.
0: <laughs> um, so what are your goals this year? Some personal and business goals.
1: I think business wise, I want to try to drop two more collections on my website. I want to do two more um gods this year and get those out there that's my biggest goal I also want to try to have some more ready to ship stuff and maybe some more stuff just available in like a sample sale um I think that's my biggest goal with that business and just making sure I can get stuff out in a really good time frame I'd like to bring my processing time down to like two to four weeks eventually But I'm only really going to be able to do that if I kind of minimize the amount of orders that I take on, which I also don't want to do. (laughs) So we'll see. Um, I, but personal wise, on like my own, maybe social media, uh, my goal this year is to hit 100K on Instagram. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I want to do that. It's been just a big goal forever. And that's my goal for the end of the year. And so I'm hoping it happens. (laughs)
0: You're at 70, sitting at 70K.
1: Yeah, so I'm like 30,000 or so away. And I'm just like, if I can make it up there, I think I'm going to be just like, really proud of myself kind of, you can say it's like a big egotistical thing, whatever. I know people will have their thoughts about it. I get it totally understand. I think the reason why I want that so badly is to kind of just like, prove to myself that the stuff that I'm making and creating is worthwhile and seeing that, I think will kind of just like solidify my brain. Like it is worthwhile. Like you're doing a really good job. Congrats. Um, and then I think like just like on a more personal note, like out outside of social media and all that stuff, my goal this year is to move out of my apartment and get a dog. That might not happen until 2022 though, because I won't be able to get a dog until I move out of the apartment and Olive is her family is moving so I'm not gonna see her anymore at the end of the year and it really breaks my heart because she's like my only friend in Seattle I have other friends in Seattle but Olive's my best friend and she's a dog and I would say maybe it should be a goal that I need to socialize more and hang out with people mm-hmm. more but I don't want to she's my best friend but I love her and she's gonna be gone I'm gonna be so sad so I don't know you need a doggy I need a (laughs) doggie or just like it can't be a small dog either if I can kick it across a field I don't want it and I know I'm never gonna hurt a dog but I'm just saying if it's like a (laughs) chihuahua that thing's going flying I used to kick for my university rugby team into the uprights like for like I have a good foot I can't have a kick dog
0: yeah you just get get out of bed you're like oops (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah no god if i squ- if it's in my bed and i can kill it by suffocating it i don't want it um also why i'm scared of having kids on a very dark note <laughs> um <laughs> it's funny. shit um my poor yeah cheese like small <laughs> things i guess mean, why i don't really like kids too much because they're too tiny
0: yeah me too i'm like i don't know because i don't want a baby and i don't want a toddler like if i could just pop out like a 20 year old like, You're that'd like, be cool. Hey.
1: <laughs> you they're just adopt wife? a kid. I've considered adopting, like, a teenager, like a 13 year old. I'm like, that's a pretty good age. I feel like maybe that could work. But then I also worried, I'm like, they're developed now. Yeah. How do I shape their mind again? <laughs> Remold them, <laughs> um, so to speak. Right. Might be difficult. But, where, do you,
0: where do you see yourself uh, in two years?
1: Mm, I'd like to be not full-time sewing for Olympus Attire, like, to have at least, like, two people working for me in some sort of, like, mini office space or something, um, or even, like, out of my house if, like, they're just, like, my close friends or something, and have just people working under me, and, or I don't like under me. That sounds weird. I'd like to have people working with me, um and alongside of me I think that sounds a lot better I don't like putting my if I ever put myself on a pedestal you will bet your butt I'm gonna knock it down right away this I hate that I hate that with social media I don't ever want to be put on a pedestal we dumb shit all the time um and I think that's like business wise personal wise I think I would like to see myself with a car and living with Nate and maybe hunting for a second dog And yeah, something like that. I wanna feel like really happy and just be like going to shows and like feeling good about it and all that stuff. Part of me wants to veer away from promoting shows too much. Um, I feel like, I know it's a really big thing in the EDM scene, um, but I also find that a lot of people that are looking for promoters for for shows in general, they value people just the same across the board i don't like that so i'm like i don't know if i want to keep doing that if that's how it's gonna be and if i can do more opportunities with like brands as opposed to promotion i'd rather do that so one day i'll work my way into doing
0: that maybe that's how i feel at this point um promoting shows after we had that one show together
1: oh that was a mess oh my
0: god such a mess but i don't know if i really of course i want to keep raving like raving is part of yeah. my life now but also i want to like relaunch i think two more times this year i still live at home with my mom so get out my mom's house and been with my
1: yeah. boy <laughs> get get you guys's own place and stuff mm-hmm. would you get a dog
0: i do want a dog yeah i love dogs what like, kind I, of dog i had a little dog i had a little yorkie oh, and <laughs> He, we had him for 16 years and he passed away at my mom's house and I didn't realize like how much she truly loves Sebastian and I don't even think she's ready to get another dog now so I think once I move out I'll get a dog with my boyfriend but since Sebastian passed away we haven't had another one
1: it can be really difficult for sure I mean when my first dog he was murdered by my neighbors in Arizona. Um, they left him out in like 120 degree heat and the poor thing had heat stroke and died. We sued, we won. It's fine. Um, it's below me now. Well, Jabba's always in my heart, but a couple months after he passed away, we got my Wheaton Terriers like pretty much right away because we were such a, like a dog centered family. Mm-hmm. And so I think after moving out of like my mom's place, cause I, she brought the dogs with her when my parents got divorced after moving out and going to university with like no dog i felt just so empty and then coming down here i think the only thing that's held me back from getting a dog is having olive like literally right across the street and I'm just like literally walking over to the house opening the door saying hey i'm taking olive and they go okay have fun and then I just take the dog back. The <laughs> yeah, so they're they're a busy family. They have like a kid. And no offense to Olive, she's kind of annoying. You're kind of annoying. <laughs> she's very um, anxiety ridden, mm-hmm. but so she needs like constant affection, and family can always give that to her. So I'm like, I can give I'll, it to her. I'll do it. I always want to pet the dog. So, mm-hmm. but one
0: day one day i love that so this is a question i'm gonna start asking all the guests i just feel like it makes sense so what does productivity meets party mean to you how are you able to have fun and party and still be productive
1: i feel like for me just i think this may be more plain into fact because i know you a little bit more like just off of social media i think it means you know while being productive and still having a good time enjoying yourself I think it also means being true to yourself and posting the things that make you feel proud of yourself and really fulfill you whenever I see you post online I don't think of it as like oh like she just created this content all in one day and now she's posting it I'm like oh my gosh like Perry's like doing all this work and she's like making it seem Mm -hmm. like so effortless but I know it's all this hard work and I'm really proud of her and like I can feel your vibes through your post. And that's what I feel when you're talking about productivity. It's a lot more than just like, I'm gonna create this content and have it all ready to go. It's I'm gonna create content that makes me feel valued and that I value. And that's what makes it productive in and of itself. And I think that's what I see in your social media is that you value that and which makes it productive. And then you have a good time cause you got all your shit done. <laughs> So that's that's the other thing. Productivity means party is showing up to the rave two hours early, taking your photos, and then going to have fun for the rest of the night and getting drunk and not worrying about taking more pictures. (laughs) So (laughs)
0: that's what I'm talking about. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love getting to know you more. I love you too. Drop your socials.
1: Um, I'm Sunflower Raver everywhere. Um, I post a lot on Instagram. Post a lot on TikTok. I also have a Twitter. Um, I don't really post that much there though because the Twitter world terrifies me. Um, and I also have a YouTube, which I haven't posted on there in like a year. But if you want to see what's up, there's like a couple videos on there too. <laughs> it's just a mess. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I don't answer DMs too much because I get a lot of dick pics in there. So I do apologize if you have sent me something and I haven't responded. I don't like to go through them. Um, <laughs> the end.
0: Well, I love you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. Isn't she amazing? Every time I talk to her, I'm just always so inspired. She is such a queen and so beautiful inside and out. Please check out the beautiful Sunflower Raver on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. Again, Sunflower Raver. I will have everything linked below so you can find more about her and her new clothing line olympus attire i am so proud of you babe and i cannot wait to see what the future holds for you partiers i love you guys so much i will see you guys next week you have a fantastic day When productivity meets party